VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. The Volume. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. 
Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can get all your favorite sports, movies, and shows together. So you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part? DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. The J-Boy Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet all the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's many reasons why I like using it. I mean, betting on the NFL, they're America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, but I love the fast payouts. I'm huge on that, and you get it as quick as two hours. That's tough to find and even harder to beat. Uh, and, you know... The convenience of it, you know, that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of games, whether it's live betting, whether it's betting before the games, you know, the spread, or you're taking the overs, the unders. They make it unbelievably easy to use. And the boosts, the odds, the specials that they run uh, are unbelievable. You get risk-free bets and same-game parlays. You get enhanced odd markets and a ton more. It's just a win-win for everybody. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now and sign up with the promo code JBOY. That's J-B-O-Y. Let them know that I sent you. 21 and older and present in Arizona. Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us uh, on this Sunday, uh, doing the recap, one of my favorite things to do. And, and college football, as usual, delivers uh, once again uh, on another weekend. Uh, I, I want to jump. Uh, I want to talk national landscape first. You know, we had some movement. Uh, you know, you look at, at Oregon losing uh, to Utah. Now we feel like the Pac-12 is out. Uh, we know the Big 12, that Oklahoma State game is is – going to determine, in my opinion, whether they get a, a team in the playoff or not. You, you had Ohio State roll. You look in the SEC. Auburn is just absolutely falling apart post-Malone style. Alabama wins a, another close one. you got to take your hats off to Arkansas. But I, I want to dive into the, the national landscape before we jump in the SEC as, as well. You know, I want to start with this Ohio State-Michigan State game. And, by the way, make sure you're subscribed to the Volume YouTube channel, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you're listening to this, iHeartRadio, I just appreciate you very much. We appreciate you t- uh, at the J-Boy Show for help making this possible and, and being able to talk about college football. It's it's a great situation. But, you know, you look at Ohio State and Michigan State, and we talk about this on the show all the time. You know, it's a, football's a game of matchups. It's like life. Life's a game of matchups. There are some matchups. It's already hard enough playing Ohio State. But like at every position group, it's already hard enough. It's very hard. But when you when you have an when their best position group is going against your worst position group, that's not a good matchup for Michigan State. If you looked at the numbers, and it's surprising because Mel Tucker's a defensive guy. Michigan State hasn't been able to stop anybody through the air. They're one of the worst defenses in the country through the air. I mean, those are just the numbers. And it's really not even close. Ohio State, on the other hand, probably has the deepest wide receiver group in the country. Oh, yeah. And Jamison Williams, you know the guy balling for Bama, was also on that Ohio State wide receiver. Also in that Ohio State wide receiver group. Yeah. They were pretty loaded. So... Was I shocked when it looked like they were just playing pitch and catch out there? I mean, it looked like Kevin Costner throwing with his dad from a field of dreams. That's really what it looked like. Michigan State was getting no pressure on C.J. Stroud. Got to tip your hat to the offensive line at Ohio State, which may be one of the best groups they've ever had. 
And CJ, you know, even if you got time, you got to be able to deliver the ball. But I mean, guys are wide open. CJ would check it down when he had to. But Ohio State, to me, is starting to figure it out as as teams do that that have, you know, elite players and very high ceilings. Sometimes it just clicks. And they played about as well as they could play in all phases. It wasn't just like the wide receivers had success against Michigan State. Hell, I think their water boy beat Michigan State's water boy. Clean sweep. That was high-quality H2O over there. But my brother put out a tweet that, you know, it's, it's hard for me to argue with it right now when you look at it. And he's speaking to Kenneth Walker. You know, you look at Michigan State, they're one player away from being a very average team. Kenneth Walker's unbelievable. But they're one player away from being a pretty average team. Now, that's not a shot at Mel Tucker or what they've accomplished. I think it's smart to lock him up over the long haul. I bet he was ready to sign that contract at halftime, huh? Yeah, we're bringing it down here. We're down 49 nothing. I'll sign it. Y'all are lucky. You got me. But... You know, when, when, when I look at it, because people will say, and we'll talk about it this week, is Ohio State really the number two team in the country? Well, if they keep playing like that, and they keep playing complimentary football, and they keep hitting explosive plays, because this is what we go back with who can beat Georgia. You're not going to beat Georgia with 10 to 15 play drives. You're not. Because if you do get to 10 plays, you're kicking a field goal. You have to be able to quick strike. You have to be able to hit the long ball. Not because chicks dig the long ball, which they do. But you you would much rather try and beat Georgia in a 100-meter sprint than a two-day marathon. Because it's just gravity. And, and again, I don't want to be redundant with it, but it's gravity. I... And and now with Oregon losing, I'm going to get to that. We're starting to see it work itself out a little bit. Starting to see it work itself out a little bit. But C.J. Stroud ended up with six. T- the night that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young both announced last night, yeah, it's either one of us for the Heisman. It'll be one of us. Hell, Stroud basically knocked out Kenneth Walker. And not that it was Kenneth Walker's fault. That game kind of fell apart, and you can't just turn around and run it the whole time when you get down. It seemed like 28 to nothing in five minutes. But Ohio State playing very, 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 very good football. Very good football. And that was a matchup nightmare for Michigan State. It's already hard enough playing Ohio State. But when your secondary Swiss cheese and their wide receiver group is is gold, you're in trouble. And that's how it snowballed so quickly. That's how it snowballed so quickly. I want to get this uh, SMU Cincinnati game out of the way. You know, you know what surprised me? Because I had a feeling SMU was, was definitely going to cover. I thought they had a chance to win the game. Because against Cincinnati, hadn't been playing good the last four or five weeks. I think they would tell you that. And SMU's not a bad football team. But when you have your top two wide receivers out, and look, I don't want to take anything away from Cincinnati. But we know SMU's a passing team. You take your top two wide receivers and put them on the bench. You're going to struggle the way that SMU struggled. And look, Cincinnati went out there and beat them. And Cincinnati played well. But once again, I am coming to you saying, please, if, if, you, if it goes Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, you might as well not play the semifinal games. Might as well not play them. But it was a nice win for Cincinnati. It was a nice win. I'm not getting excited over wins against non-ranked opponents. I'm sorry. I'm not. Especially a non-ranked opponent that has its two best players at their most important position offensively outside of the quarterback with what they run out for the game. I still don't believe Cincinnati gets through the regular season and beats Houston. I don't see it. I don't see it. And again, you know, if if they do, then I just, with so much parity this year, I just think it would be such a travesty. Such a travesty. 
if we didn't get good semifinal games in the playoff. But hopefully they're moving it to 12 soon. But, you know, when, when you looked, you know, it, it, at the Cincinnati-SMU game, I mean, from the gate, I mean, SMU was shut out for three quarters. Had a little success running the ball. They were down 14 to nothing. They were driving SMU. was and they fumbled, and it just snowballed from there. Desmond Ritter on senior day. Got to feel happy for a guy that does it the right way. Uh, but Cincinnati beats SMU 48-14. But I will throw the caveat in there, not – did not have their top two wide receivers. And everybody this week, I'm already bracing for it. Everybody this week, man, Cincinnati looked good Saturday. Told you, told you. We got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. And you can get it, you can get excited over SMU wins. You can, that's fine. But but again, all wins and all losses are not created equal. Don't ever forget that. But they move on to play East Carolina next week. Very interesting game. All right, Utah. They got to play Oregon twice back to back. You think Oregon's going to be pissed the second time? But Oregon, uh, Utah beat them thirty-eight to seven. I mean, the, the second quarter was the story in this game. I mean, Utah jumped out seven to nothing. Then the second quarter, they dropped them twenty-one nothing. I mean, they shut Oregon out in the first half, and again, and again. Oregon is without Verdell Jr. He was their guy offensively. Made everybody better. You had to focus on him. Quarterback run game was better. Had to focus on him. Play action was better. DB's eyes in the backfield. But Utah lined up and did something that, that you don't see happen to Mario Cristobal coach teams a lot. I mean, they got pushed around. They got pushed around. I ran for 208 yards and four touchdowns. 208 and four touchdowns on 50 carries. Oregon's leading rusher, Cardwell, had seven carries for 35 yards. They did not score a rushing touchdown. Utah played a very complete game. And, and it wasn't super flashy. I mean, rising through the ball 18 times for no touchdowns. Utah, we know, is solid. Utah, we know, plays hard. But, but, I think we can all agree, Oregon is, is not a super explosive team, especially since they lost for Dell Jr. And this was going to happen eventually, in my opinion. But now that Oregon's out of the playoff, the Pac-12's out of the playoff. You're seeing conferences get eliminated. So got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and the Big 12. So the Pac-12's out. The Big 10, while it's cannibalizing itself at the end, I mean, Ohio State's looking pretty good right now. And you, you, if you think about where you do your rankings, and, and I'll, let it, I'll let it bubble up a little bit, I guess you could say. We got a very interesting weekend ahead of us. Very interesting weekend ahead of us. It's rivalry, rivalry week, baby. Again, the the two words "rivalry week" are some of the hardest words to say back to back. Rivalry week. Wow, that's the best. That's the best I've ever done it. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop doing it on on that one. That, that's the best I've ever done it. But uh, again, Oregon was not an elite team. I don't think Utah's an elite team, and they got to play again. For the Pac-12 championship. Now, really, the de facto Flint-Michigan Mega Bowl, seeing as there probably won't be a Pac-12 team in. But congrats to Utah on a big win. And look, Oregon, it was a matter of when, not if. It was a matter of when, not if. Don't have the weapons. Don't have the weapons. Speaking of the Pac-12, though, I do want to give a shout-out to Chip Kelly. UCLA, I know they're playing against an uncoached USC team. Dropped them 62-33. to I had UCLA minus 3.5. Appreciate that, Coach. Appreciate that. USC, again, uh, these two teams need to be good for college football to be as good as it possibly can. And that's what I root for. I want Florida State to be good, Miami to be good. I want Oregon to be good. I want UCLA to be good. I want USC to be good. I want Ohio State and Michigan to be good. 
And I do want to give a quick shout-out to the Wolverines also. Uh, look, Maryland right now is really struggling. Mike Loxley, I think they're going to put him on the clock after this year. Michigan went and handled business, and it sets up a showdown next week. And look, just because Ohio State destroyed Michigan State like this doesn't mean that Michigan is going to get destroyed like that. Because, again, it's what? We talked about this earlier. Let's be smart football consumers. It's about matchups. And now Michigan didn't run around with a bunch of Deion Sanders, uh, Deion Sanders and Ed Reed's in the back end, but it's a lot better than what Michigan State's doing. A lot better. So Michigan, I mean, absolutely destroyed Maryland. And the overhead needed it. You know, a couple other games that I found interesting. <laughs> I, I do want to throw this caveat in there. I thought this was a great stat. At halftime, Georgia was beating Charleston Southern as bad as Ohio State was beating Michigan State. Just let that sink in for a second. Just really think about that. Really think about it. It's amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff. Looking through the rest of the top 25, I mean, Notre Dame and them absolutely put it to Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech. Hate that Georgia Tech's not going to a bowl. We did some uh, live shows from out there with practice with Coach Collins. They're still building. They're in personnel build mode. It takes a while, especially when you inherit a triple option team. Uh, but Notre Dame did what they had to do. I mean, they're 10-1, 6-1 at home. When you score 45 points in the first two quarters, you pr feel pretty good about it, to say the least. Now, I'll tell you the same thing I've been saying. I don't think Notre Dame's elite. And if you look at the absolute carnage in front of them, is Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. Go sneak in the playoffs one more time. To quote Lou Holtz. Absolutely destroyed Georgia Tech. But I still, I, I struggle to believe Notre Dame's one of the top four teams in the country, guys. Uh, I just, I do. I do. Oklahoma State took care of Texas Tech. Baylor took care of Kansas State, 20-10. to 10, Ugly. But it's a win. Dave Aranda's team, 9-2. and two. I still feel like he gets that job, the USC job. I really do. I really do. Uh, looking around the rest of the country, Oklahoma. And I wanted to get to this a little bit later, but Oklahoma won a game with defense. And I'm not talking about Kansas because I'm not giving you credit for that. Even though they did just Kansas did just beat Texas, and they're and they're playing a lot better. I mean, lost thirty one twenty eight, I believe this weekend. But Oklahoma and Iowa State, this game went exactly like I think everybody thought it would. It seems to me like Iowa State does not play a game that has no suspense. It's 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 amazing. It really is. When's the last time you watched an Iowa State game? It was like, yeah, this is over. It's been a while. They're always in it till the end. They've always got some huge trees out of wide receiver making crazy catches that Brock Purdy's extending plays. But guys, guys, listen to this stat line. Oklahoma won a game with defense. Caleb Williams was 8 of 18 for 87 passing yards, a touchdown and a pick. And they won. We always talk about the offense. It's not always going to be there. We talk about basketball all the time. The three-pointer's not always falling. When it's not, how can you win the game? You've got to be able to win the game in multiple ways. Now, Iowa State's not an offensive juggernaut. We're not talking about the Globetrotters here. But they can hurt you. And Iowa State, we know, has good players. They do. Purdy's a good player. Hall's a good player. Keon Brooks for Oklahoma ran 17 times for 115 yards and was one of the three running backs that didn't get a touchdown. Man, you hate when it works out like that. Like, man, I did all the work and I got none of the dessert. But Oklahoma survives, which is setting up just an absolute fist fight in Bedlam against Oklahoma State. And I do want to say I've been very, very critical of the Oklahoma defense tackling, especially in space, man, they, look, they looked a lot better. Looked a lot better this past weekend. Near foot, near shoulder. Near foot, near shoulder. 
So Iowa State, you know, a lot of people at Iowa State finishing very high this year. They're six and five. But remember, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell said it's not about championships. It's about bringing everybody closer together on the team. You know what they call that? A babysitter. You're not a babysitter, Matt. And if you keep going six and five, eventually they're going to get pissed off at you. But Oklahoma, after the Baylor loss, with all the carnage going on in front of them, I'm just telling you guys, they got opportunities. They have opportunities. And I'm so ready for next week in Oklahoma State. And it matters. It matters. One of the two. No, what is it? Two shall enter. One shall survive. It's really for the Big 12. In the playoff. So congrats to Oklahoma on winning a different way. That shows me you're getting better as a team. That shows me maturity as a group. Now, let's get to a little bit of SEC talk here. I want to talk about Alabama, Arkansas. And the slate wasn't loaded this weekend. It wasn't loaded. But this game delivered. I'm going to go back to what I've been saying the whole season about Alabama. When you look and, and you break down the score and, and, and you see 42-35, here's the problem with Bama. Georgia is very consistent, very consistent with elite personnel. They play complementary football. You know, they're able to, to get consistent output from each side of the ball. You've got a pretty good idea of how good Georgia is because you keep seeing it every weekend. They're the most consistent team in college football from an output standpoint. And they have, in my opinion, one of the top two elite rosters in the game, if not the most elite. That is a recipe for success. Alabama, they continue to struggle to put a full game together. You say, Jake, they won. Who cares? It matters when you go up against somebody that is as good or better than you are. Alabama's defense, you, we continue to see holes in it. And look, it's not like it's been the same person every time. You've had the front seven struggle against the run. You've had the back end struggle against the pass. I know Job had a tough day yesterday. I mean, KJ went 22 of 30. KJ Jefferson, 22 of 30 for 326 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, and the punter was one for one with a touchdown pass. Arkansas is not out of here reinventing the wheel in the passing game, guys. And I know Traylon Burks is that dude. And I'll get to the, the absolutely eye-popping numbers that my boy Bryce Young did last night. Decided to talk with him about that tomorrow. Traylon Burks dropped, had eight catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. You're, you're, just, you're not seeing an overall complete dominant Alabama team. And if Ohio State keeps playing this well, you want to talk about points? Put that new zone coverage Ohio State's running against J-Mo and all them. And then on the flip side, that offensive line could give C.J. Stroud time against Bama. So to me, George is the most complete, the most elite team, the most consistent team. And then we have Ohio State and Bama. And when you take their work in aggregate, because you have so many people that freak out about this weekend. They're like, oh my God, it's Iowa State and Georgia. It's Iowa State and Georgia. Put Bama to the road. God, I want this Ohio State-Alabama matchup. Woo! Speed. Be like playing Sonic the Hedgehog. But Alabama has holes. And I'm not talking the ones that you go hang out with Zero and Shia LaBeouf in. And trying to get beat, bit by that poisonous lizard. But Alabama has holes. And we, and we keep 
seeing them exposed in different ways. But it, it's just shocking to me to see a Bama defense that still looks confused this far into the season. And you had veteran guys returning. They don't look comfortable. Like the communication. It's just very surprising to see. You know, when, when Nick Saban and Alabama, you know, and they still have it cooking, but back in the day when they were really cooking, if you saw Bama make a mistake in a game or, or kind of get ex- not exposed but struggle in an area, you never really saw them struggle in that a- area again the rest of the season. But but something's getting lost in translation here. It'd be different if you didn't have the cats to do it. We know how talented Alabama is, and I, believe me, I'm gonna get to Auburn. I'm gonna get to them. But Alabama has to survive and, and didn't try and beat Georgia. That's what it's about. You got the Iron Bowl. But it, it's going to come down to this Alabama-Georgia game. And I just don't see – I don't see a way in which Georgia's not able to take advantage of Alabama's defense. And if that happens, I don't see Alabama scoring – more than 24 points against Georgia. I don't see it. I don't see anybody. And Arkansas, you know, again, you, you see the scrappiness of a Sam Pittman coach team. They're not afraid, I promise you. Look, look, look I, I want to go over the stat line for Bryce Young real quick. He went 31 of 40 for 560 yards and five touchdowns. He went road to glory on him. He went road to glory on him. Brian Robinson Jr., 27 carries, 122 yards. Jamison Williams, eight catches, 190 yards, and three touchdowns. Dude's an alien. John Mechie, 10 catches, 173 yards, and a touchdown. But here's what scares you about Bryce Young if you're playing against him. You notice how much better he's gotten about knowing when to go? And take off as a quarterback. That's what I look. Everybody talk about the passing yards and 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 this and that. But I, what I've noticed the past three weeks, Bryce is really starting to get a feel for when to take off. It's not doesn't look really confusing anymore when he's trying to make a decision to go. And then he he had the play where he extended, was about to run. Christian Leary caught him out of the corner of his eye, hit him in the flat, touchdown. Because Bryce Young's got some wiggle. Believe me. He pulled the stanky leg on a guy the other day. I thought he was going to break the other dude's ankle. But you you mix his quick trigger, quick read ability with the decision-making and know when to take off? It's a problem. It's tough to stop. The full uh, Bill O'Brien with Bryce Young, you can open up the full kitchen. You can get a quesadilla and a hot dog. You can get some some sesame chicken and some pineapple pizza. Anything you want. It's got to be so fun to be the OC at Bama. It's got to be so much fun. Talent, talent, talent. Alabama won that game. They just ended up out-talenting Arkansas at the end. And Traylon Burks made a lot of money last night. Big night for him. Big night for him. And don't be shocked. Because if you look at some of the trajectories right now, like I said, I'm going to get to Auburn in a second. Arkansas looks scary. A&M looks scary. If LSU makes the right hire, they look scary. Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Long as Lane and Leach are there, they're always going to be a problem. Always going to be a problem. So uh, there's a very interesting situation brewing with Dan Mullen right now. And, and we have a very smart audience. And and it's sometimes it's just the, the circumstance is so interesting to watch. So, for example, Florida loses again 
If they lose to Florida State, Florida is not going to a bowl game. That is incredible. That that's incredible in itself. But I don't want to get too bogged down in that. Missouri beats Florida 24-23. Right now. The, the, with Dan Mullen. Because here's the situation. Dan Mullen, to me, is one of the smartest offensive minds of all time. He is. He, he really is. He's really, really good offensively. He's not very warm and cuddly, and I just don't think he's a great fit at an elite place in college football. In the NFL, where he can just do ball, it's a lot better. But what I'm talking about is the situation now, if you're Scott Strickland, the AD at Florida, if you fire Dan Mullen, who are you hiring? Look, Mario's not going to Florida, in my opinion. I don't think Scott Strickland wants to hire Lane Kiffin. We talked about, does the supply of head coaches out there meet the demand? I don't think it does. And, and I'm not saying Florida shouldn't fire Dan Mullen, but my thing is, at what point, at what point do you not look out at the landscape and say, listen, I don't know who's out there, but it's better than what's going on right now. It's better than what we have right now. Because at some point, the fire gets so hot. The donors, the boosters, the alumni, the fan base, the players. Sometimes the fire gets so hot, you got to make a move. Sometimes you got to cut the arm off before it spreads. So if you're Scott Strick, to me, it's almost like this is the eight, the athletic director's version of when the play breaks down making a play. You know, the quarterback is like, oh, first two reads aren't there. He's going to take off. We're about to see what Scott Strickland does when the first two reads aren't there. And be on alert to watch out to see if Florida fires Dan Mullen today. Just be on alert. Because at some point, at some point, You've got to do it. Or it's going to be you. But look, Florida just looks uninspired. There's, there's something. There's, there's a, a bad wiring somewhere. Something is, is just, it's not connecting with Florida. And you can see that. I don't see how Dan Mullen turns it around. It, to me, I'm watching Dan Mullen, and it almost looks like he's accepted his fate. And I hate to say that, but at some point, Scott Strickland, whew, that fire gets hot, you're going to move your ass to the other room, and Dan's not coming with you. I wouldn't be shocked if they did it today, but they're in such a tough spot. Who is Florida going to get? Who are they going to get? And then you got Florida State. Because, again, we had Andy, Andy Slater on talking about the, the Lane Kiffin interest, interest in the Miami job. And we were talking about how the state is up for grabs. If you're going to make your move, Florida, Miami, Florida State, somebody's going to take it. Somebody's got to take it. Somebody has to take the reins in that state. But Florida not going to a bowl game? It's not good. Not a good situation. You almost have to try and do that. So uh, keep your keep your eye out on Dan Mullen. Let's see if he has a job come come tomorrow. Because it's not a good situation in Gainesville right now. It's not a good situation. Speaking of not good situations. Auburn last night against South Carolina. A very undermanned South Carolina team. And here's what I saw. Because I've had everybody freaking out today about a lot of stuff. I, don't, I, I do think Brian Harson can win at Auburn. I do. I do. You've got to give him time to get personnel in there. You, you do. But there's some coaching decisions that have been made this season that I just I find baffling. The going for two when they did against Mississippi State. Nah. Some of the fourth and short play calls. Slot fade against, or excuse me, throwing the fade against Penn State. Game on the line. And Auburn didn't have Kobe Hudson. And understand this. Number one, I do want to give credit to Shane Beamer. But understand this. Auburn is not really great 
at really any position group, especially offensively. Like they, they, there's, they're not elite. Auburn, when they were playing well, was just good enough in all three phases, and, and the three phases were playing pretty good complementary football. But Auburn, with their personnel, has to almost thread the needle. Now, South Carolina does, too, even worse than Auburn's. But when, when every number one, everybody that said Bonix was the problem, okay, you see, you get it. Just because T.J. Finley was coming in to start doesn't mean that the offensive line all of a sudden got better. Doesn't mean that the wide receivers all of a sudden got better. Hell, Kobe Hudson wasn't out there. This is a team game. Auburn just isn't a great team. They don't have great players. And they got out coached last night. South Carolina wanted that game more than they did. They wanted it more. And they took it. Two weeks in a row, the other two, Mississippi State in the second half, and South Carolina for the game wanted it more. Two weeks in a row, Auburn gets up double digits. Falls flat on their face. Falls flat on their face. A lot of people are questioning Brian Harson. I've got, I've got to have, I've got to have more sample size. I've got to see his recruiting class come in and, and how they develop. Like you can't. This isn't a sport where unless it's just blatant. This isn't a sport where you just come in. You're like, all right, guys, we're better. What's up? Oh, all right. What seven and five last year? Definitely undefeated this year. Just because I'm here. That's not how it works. Now, people that are mad at Brian Harson and the staff, I understand that. You have, you have a right to be, and I don't, think you're, I don't think you're off base. But my thing is, and you all know where, where I stood, you know, when Auburn made the wide receiver move, who's next? Who's next? Look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think Brian Harson has three years to prove it at Auburn. Now, people, look, the Washington stuff, I'm, I'm going to let that get further down the road before I continue to dive in on it. I know he's, he'd probably be a lot more comfortable at Washington than the heat he's feeling right now. I just don't think Brian Harson would come to the SEC, see it one year, tuck his tail, and run. But that was a bad loss for Auburn yesterday. Two years in a row, Auburn saw South Carolina. Congrats. To South Carolina and Shane Beamer. Told you that's going to be a problem. And they're bowl eligible. How about Auburn and South Carolina have the same record? Unbelievable job by Shane Beamer. Unbelievable job. Dude looks like a lot of fun to play for, too. But until Auburn... Until Auburn... Gets great players... Don't expect great results. And that takes time. And again, again... I understand people being pissed off. I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand people questioning Harson. Can he do it at Auburn? I get it. I hear you. I hear you. But he's got to get some time to get some personnel in, and then you make your final assessment. It's only fair. But, man. Oh. You know, Auburn's like that employee, you know, that, that just – they do a pretty solid job most of the time, but they, they'll miss work like once every three, four weeks. They can accidentally oversleep. Like they're just, you know, they, they don't jump out at you. They don't do anything super well. It's just the nature of the beast. And if, all, if you're Auburn, you better hit that portal like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Because you're not developing high school kids in one year. It's the biggest biggest obstacle for Harson is up front. It's the biggest obstacle for everybody because Georgia Monopoly, or Georgia and Alabama, have had a monopoly on all the best offensive and defensive linemen. That's why they're winning. But man, Auburn has fallen off a cliff. And if you were one of those people that hated on Bo Nix, if you were one of the people that hated on Bo Nix, Saw the other side of the coin. And I'm not putting that all on TJ. 
You don't have great players around you. You scored 17 against South Carolina. So I don't want to hear any more about Bo Nix is the only problem. Stop. It's right in front of your face. Right in front of your face. But Brian Harson's got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. I do want to preview a little bit of next week. Uh, again, like I said, there wasn't a ton of unbelievable matchups this week. I mean, we pretty much hit everything around the country. Uh, you know, just surprised. Just, maybe surprised in the word. That Michigan State was a blowout with Ohio State. And just really surprised that Utah was a blowout with Oregon. I just thought it was going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. It still technically was a low-scoring game. That They hit the under. Shout out my brother. We had it, I think, at 59 and a half. Final score was 38-7, the comfortable way. So, let's talk about next week a little bit. Oh, this is so great to talk about. 7.30 ESPN, the Egg Bowl, baby. Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. I like it a lot. Missouri at Arkansas, hell, I'm, I'm down for that. Auburn, Alabama playing in the Iron Bowl. Uh, by the way, that Missouri-Arkansas game is 3.30 on CBS. Alabama goes to Auburn. Should be interesting. That game always is. Then at noon, Georgia goes to Georgia Tech. Florida State goes to Florida. Pandy uh, goes to Tennessee. A&M at LSU. Very interesting game there. Kentucky at Louisville at 730 on ESPN2. Very interesting game there. And then Clemson and South Carolina. Who would have thought that we'd have been talking about how interesting the Clemson-South Carolina game is in year one. This is why college football is amazing. This is why, one of the many reasons. One of the many reasons. I do want to talk a little bit uh, college football playoff here uh, as we're look at, looking at the grand schemes of things, uh, winding down here. Look, I think, I think we can all stare each other in the eyes and agree Georgia's the best team in the country, right? I think we can all, I think we can all say that. I think we can all say that. But if I'm taking my top four right now, <clears throat> here's what I want. And again, it's going to work itself out. Ohio State is playing Michigan this weekend. And I know there were SEC games. So I was just previewing there. Georgia, obviously number one. Now the question is, who's two? And I think now that Oregon lost and the way that Ohio State's playing, Bama's inconsistent struggles, just choose which side of the ball and what night. I think you put Ohio State 2. I've got Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Alabama 3, and Michigan 4. Now, 2 and 4 play each other. You know what's crazy? 2 and 4 play each other, and George is going to play Alabama. We're basically having our own playoff before the playoff. Think about that. Pretty cool. Then you start looking outside of that. Let's just play the hypothetical. Ohio State beats Michigan. If Ohio State beats Michigan and Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and then wins the Big 12 championship, oh, we're going to have an eight-car pile up. We are going to have an eight-car pile up. Because you are going to have people. And look, Cincinnati's still got to play East Carolina and then Houston. <clears throat> but you will have so many people. So many people. I don't know how you tell a one-loss Oklahoma State team if they beat Oklahoma and then win the Big 12 championship. I, I don't know how you don't let them in. Now, a spot's going to open because Michigan plays Ohio State. So then you're talking about Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame. Who should get in? We look at Notre Dame's loss, Cincinnati. So in my opinion, and I think it's pretty obvious, you don't have to be a, a genius you know, CSI investigative, you know, whatever, to figure out that the better Cincinnati does throughout the end of the year, the better it looks for Notre Dame. But there are so many interesting matchups this weekend. I mean, we can, we can talk about, I mean, I, you just look around the country. Unbelievable matchups. And we're getting into the best time of year for college football. Just the truth. 
even though is there really a bad time of year for college football? No. Not at all. And I do, before we go, want to give a shout-out. Uh, this is late. Mopaca High School, the alma mater Bulldogs, beat Spanish Fort High School, my brother's alma mater, last week. You know how we do. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, Shout-out. To the coaching staff over there, Coach Speak, everybody at Opelika for the big win over Spanish Fort. We just bullied them like I do, Blaine, on the show. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But, no, we appreciate you guys so much. Got an unbelievable lineup for you. Got some college basketball coming your way, too, uh, this week. Make sure you go to the Volume YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Turn those notifications on. And, again, if you're not following us or or haven't left a uh, review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, please do that. We appreciate it. If you want to make it five stars, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, but uh, make sure you can find me on, on Twitter, Instagram, at the J Boy Show. It's very easy to find. I appreciate you guys. You guys are the reason for the season, and I'll always be believing. We'll catch you tomorrow live, 3 to 4 Eastern, only on the Volume YouTube channel. This is the J Boy Show. Enjoy your Sunday, everybody. The Volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralask pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, auto zone.